This is The Furnace with John Burton. All right, I think I need to let it rip in this uh, podcast. I'm going to be talking about something that is an unbelievable issue today, and it's it's driving me mad. It's blowing my mind that so many Christians are are deceived and confused uh, on this particular point. And I'm going to be hitting on the issue of uh, sin and grace and uh, what many call behavior modification and sin consciousness and all that. And man, I'm telling you what, I believe that the not only the hyper grace movement, the false grace movement, which is radically unbiblical, um, not only that movement, but even much of today's more mainstream or mainline grace uh, teachings and grace ministries and grace uh, churches today are doing unbelievable damage uh, to people's eternities. And I believe there are a lot of people that are going to hell because they are misunderstanding the seriousness uh, and the deadly nature of sin. And so let's get into this. Let's talk about it. I actually wrote an article on this. I'm going to be uh, kind of uh, referencing this just a little bit. If you want to go online uh, to my website, burton.tv, and you can search for it uh, or just do a Google search and just search for this, uh, freedom in sin. And there's a question mark. Sin consciousness must return to the church. And so that's the title of the article. If you want to search it, you can look for it. Um, But I'll be referencing it uh, throughout this. But uh, it's becoming extremely rare, everybody, to find prophetic voices who are calling the church into holiness. And I am about done with all of these preachers out there who are just saying quote-unquote the right things in order to get quote-unquote a right response and it's it's ridiculous and I was just on the phone with a pastor I was uh, at a uh, at his church recently and uh, spoke at a conference at a summit there and he told me he said that he told his wife before uh, I arrived that if he said if John Burton doesn't offend people in my church I'm not paying him and uh, I got paid. And so I love that. I love that finally people are embracing an offensive gospel message that absolutely draws a line in the sand. And today we have these, these messages that draw a circle around everybody. And that's not what it's supposed to be. We need that line drawn in the sand. We need to call people out. We need to we need to deal with issues of holiness. You know, and some of you that listened to a previous podcast um, yesterday, you know, I talked about President Trump and how you know how he uh, uh, cursed God's name, and I was calling him out on it, and people were just blowing up left and right, and. Do we not understand the power of sin? Now, we don't. I'll tell you that. Straight up, we don't. Um, We do not believe or understand uh, the power of sin because people are extremely casual about it. In fact, their theology, so many, is radically wrong and it is deadly wrong. And so they think... And, and, and it's evidenced by, by things that they say. So people will say, for example, with this President Trump thing, they'll say... Um, you know, uh, well, we sin every day. Or how is his sin different than your sin? Um, you know, they'll talk about this whole self-righteousness thing. Well, you know, you are uh, being self-righteous because you're calling him out. But, you know, what about your own sin? 
And so there's, there's this presumption that we are entrapped and in bondage uh, by the power of sin, even after the cross. People presume this. They think we sin every day. They think that sin, in fact, they will say that we always have sin in our lives. Wait a minute. You're, you're crazy. Really? We always have sin in our lives. If you're saying that, I would duck and cover in the fear of the Lord. Because what you are saying is that the cross was of no effect. So you're telling me, you know, what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Nowadays, people, what can wa- people would sing, what can wash away my sins? Nothing, including the blood of Jesus. So you're telling me that the blood of Jesus does not wash away the sins of Christians. You're, you're telling me that, right? Yeah, people, people, people are saying that because we have sin all the time. We have sin every day. We have, we, we're never without sin. So then you're telling me that Jesus failed. That's what you're saying. Jesus failed. So when someone, a brand new believer, see, we've been lying to them all these years. So we'll tell them, come to an altar, surrender your life to Jesus, and every sin you ever committed is eradicated. It is washed away, and you are cleansed by the blood of Jesus. Are we lying to them? Or is that is that actually true? Well, it's actually true. 100%. It's true. When we come to Jesus, He washes all of our sins away. And so what happens when we as maturing Christians, and we've been in it for a while, let's say that we slip up and we do sin. If we repent and we confess, the Bible says that He'll forgive us. That means that we can be free from sin just like the new convert. Clean. And that's why repentance is so critical. I've had people tell me that they don't repent anymore because it was all taken care of and it's not necessary. And their lives are at risk of eternal damnation. 100% true. I hope you're getting how this is a big idea. It's a big issue. Now, others believe, others believe, many, 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 many millions of Christians believe that The blood of Jesus didn't wash away our sins, but it just eliminated the penalty of our sin. So now we always have sin in our life, they would argue, but that sin has no penalty. So we can sin, and many would even say that we are sinners still, but because there's no penalty, then we go to heaven. It's false teaching. It's heresy. It's false. It's wrong. If we die with sin, that's a big deal. Now, are there different levels of sin? Absolutely, there are. And you can look that up. I've written about that. But sin is a big deal. No, all sin is not the same. But all sin definitely is a big deal. If we truly believe in the power of the blood of Jesus, we would not be anxious about focusing on and dealing directly with sin. So there are people who say that we don't need to have any sin consciousness. We need to not we need to ignore it entirely. As if ignoring sin disempowers sin. It's ridiculous. It makes no sense. We need to have have sin consciousness. We do, absolutely. Just like just like I need to have bank robbery consciousness. 
I need to make sure that I do not rob a bank. I'm sitting in front of a bank, of a bank here in Branson, Missouri right now. Sitting in front of a bank right now in a parking lot. Right, park, Parking right here on the street. I could go rob this bank right now. But I have bank robbery consciousness. I understand that I need to resist the urge to rob this bank because it's wrong and because there's consequences. And for me as a Christian, it would be sin. And if I don't repent, I would go to hell. So guess what? I'm not going to rob the bank. Oh, wait a minute. Now we're getting into behavior modification, which people say that is inappropriate. Christians are saying this, that we, that sin consciousness and behavior modification are wrong. Nope, not wrong. I am, I am modifying my behavior. It would be awesome. I'll tell you straight up. It would be so cool to walk into that bank. Everybody's money is insured, so, so I wouldn't be stealing from any individual. And I go right into that bank. And I, and I could steal $100,000. I could do a lot with that money. In fact, I could do good things with that money. I could go on a cruise with that money. I could have a lot of fun with that money. I could give some to the poor. It'd be, it'd be great to have that kind of money. It's wrong. So what am I going to do? I'm going to modify my behavior. I am not going to rob this bank. Same thing is true with my children. That they don't do bad things because... They understand there's consequences. So what do they do? They have sin consciousness. They have, they have uh, uh, be, uh, 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 being, being naughty consciousness as a kid, right? They have throwing their toys or not cleaning the room consciousness. They have being mean to their brothers and sisters consciousness. And so what do they do? They're going to modify their behavior because they understand the consequences. And the same is true. Now, people don't like to deal with this or or they don't like to think about this as Christians because there are people out there who they have bought into this fantasy land, pixie dust kind of idea of who God is. And their perfect picture of God is that we just become so intimate with Him that we just don't want to sin. Now, there's some truth to that closer you are to God, the more glorious it is. You don't want to sin, but I'll tell you straight up that it is not all it takes. You know, John Bevere asked Jim Baker, you know, Jim Baker of PTL fame, who was in prison, went to visit him in prison and asked, asked him, said, Jim, because of all the stuff that happened, when did you stop loving God? And Jim said, I never stopped loving God. And John Bevere was shocked because how could someone who loves God do these things? And Jim Baker said, I never lost the love of God. I lost the fear of God. See, when you have the fear of God, and by the way, the fear of God is not just reverence. It is not just respect. It is not just awe. The fear of God translates in scripture and you can't deny it in several places, the terror of God. So there is this terror that is involved understanding that we are dealing with a fearful and a severe God who loves us very much. It's who he is. You cannot change his nature. He is that. So, you know, people, I asked a question on Facebook. So what happens? What are you going to do? Like at the moment you step into eternity, hundred percent of them, everyone, and a lot of people, a lot of people responded, 100% of them, 
said that they're going that it's, it was all positive. I'm going to run into his arms. I'm going to dance. I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to I'm going to fall at his feet. I'm going to cry. I'm going to worship. All and I disagree with all of that. I believe our first moment in eternity is going to be filled with the fear of the Lord. Because at that moment, see, all of these people are presuming that they're 100% safe and that, and that they're 100% going to heaven. See, we won't know until we endure to the end. We won't know until that moment when we cross into eternity which way we're going. We won't know. We might have a good idea. We might feel pretty good about the situation, or, but we won't know for sure. And there will absolutely be fear and trembling in that moment. Absolutely there will be. See, we, there are, like many of you know, I had this encounter of being dragged toward hell and I came out of that and the Lord spoke to me and he said, many Christians will be shocked to find themselves in hell one day. And many, many Christians, many who are currently following the Lord will be shocked to find themselves in hell one day. You know, many people ask the question, so what are you saying? Are you going, you, you can commit one sin and go to hell? One, one sin, you die go to, and you go to hell. I actually believe you can. Do I believe that that's the norm? I don't know that I believe that it's the norm. If you're living an on-fire life for Jesus and then you commit a sin right when you die, you know, the Bible talks about uh, uh, talks about that, you know, escaping as through fire kind of a sin. And But I believe, I believe that you can choose, for example, right, right, right before you die, you can choose to for, uh, refuse to forgive somebody. You can refuse to forgive somebody, make that choice. And no matter how amazing and on fire you were your entire life for Jesus, I do believe that you can, you can go to hell in that moment. I absolutely do. We need the fear of the Lord. We must have it. You know, um, think about this. You know, a lot of people just can't understand how I could believe this way because the whole idea of living free from sin is... is it's, it's like alien to them. And, you know, I believe we don't ever have to sin the rest of our lives. Do we tend to from time to time? We do, unfortunately, and that's a big deal. It's not a little deal. But how, how you know, the reason people don't find freedom from sin is they're not doing what's necessary to be free from sin. They're just not. They're expecting it just to kind of happen and then it just kind of doesn't happen and they give up. I think one of the main reasons people can't find freedom from sin is they aren't baptized in the Holy Spirit. They don't groan in the Spirit. They don't, they don't live this life every, every day. They don't, they don't pray in the Spirit and live in the... The Bible says, live in the Spirit and you won't satisfy the desires of the flesh. Well, people don't do that. You know, I'll ask, I'll ask people who are struggling with sin or they're struggling with lust or whatever, all things that threaten their eternity... And, I, and I'll be like, are you serious about this? And do you pray in tongues a lot every day? And they never do. So that's one big reason. Another reason is they don't, they, they just, they're not in the word. They're not praying. They're not just not praying. They're not in the word. They're not declaring the word of God. They're not repentant. They're not accountable. You know, if, if, if they have lust problems, they're not throwing away their computer and their phones. They're not taking steps. If they have anger problems, they're not checking themselves in, in, in for treatment. They're not going to their pastor. They're not, they're not doing what needs to be done. And so people that are not finding freedom from sin, 
they're not, they are not doing what needs to be done to be free from sin. Because we can be free. We absolutely should be free from sin. I mean, Leonard Ravenhill, he said this, there's one thing we need above everything else. It's something we don't talk about these days. We, we need a mighty avalanche of conviction of sin. We need this. He also said there's, uh, when there's something in the Bible that churches don't like, they call it legalism. See, we need holiness preachers. We need prophetic voices who are calling the church to holiness. Look up, do this. Look up Corey Tenboom on YouTube. And, and where she tells the story of encountering the soldier, the guard, who was in charge of all of the torture and death in the concentration camp that she was in. And that soldier asked her, because he found Jesus. He, after the war, he found Jesus. He, found, he saw her on the street, said, would you please forgive me? And Corey, in her own words, said she couldn't forgive him. She couldn't forgive him. And God told her, she's a general of the faith, a mighty woman of God, said, if you don't forgive him, I will not forgive you, which means this general of the faith goes to hell. So she did. She reached out her hand. She took his. She said, I do forgive you. She felt the love of God flow between the two of them. I mean, I mean, you guys got to get serious about this. I mean, are you watching things on television that's impure? It's a, that's that's sin. Are you watch? Are, are you are you listening to things with foul language? Are you watching sexual situations? Are you are you uh, watching you know sexual innuendos and jokes? Are you listening to that kind of music? Listen, you are not safe. I don't care how much you think you're a Christian. You're not safe. Not anywhere near safe. And the fact that you're following the Holy Spirit and you are entertained by things that are unholy, it's sickening. I mean, who do you think you're playing with? And why don't you love the Holy Spirit enough to eliminate everything that is contrary to His nature? We can't be people that ever lust. I, I, I have an article titled, No Naked People. And it's about the... It's, it's that I, I talk about how many people have committed adultery with, with thousands of, of, of other people. Because the Bible says when you look at someone in that way, you've, you have committed adultery with them. We're never allowed to have the image of a naked person in our mind other than our spouse. Right? In terms of, in terms of, of, of sexual lust. You're not allowed to do it. We can't do it. That, that article made it into Charisma Magazine and I actually had a, a quote-unquote Christian sexual uh, therapist, counselor, contact me, wrote a long letter outlining how he so radically disagrees with me because for married couples who are having sexual struggles in their you know in their marriage he actually gives them homework to fantasize about other people and this man is basically signing their ticket to hell i don't get it i just don't understand it Isaiah 5, woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness. I mean, are we serious about this? Read this article. I didn't get into it much at all. 
You know, Leonard, I love Leonard Ravenhill. You, you know, if you haven't read Why Revival Terries, you have to read that, that book. It's a classic. He said, if Jesus preached the same message ministers preach today, he never would have been crucified. And so, yeah, we need sin consciousness. We need behavior modification. We need, and, and by the way, do you know that the grace of God is not a cover-up? It's not, it doesn't just cover our sin. It gives us the power to not sin. That's what the grace of God is. We, we have this, this so wrong. The grace of God empowers us to obey the Scripture and not sin. Because it's harder to be obedient in the New Testament than it was in the Old Testament. And you know how hardcore it was in the Old Testament. But the Holy Spirit is with us. That's why we have to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is with us and He gives us the grace, the power, the ability, the enabling to reject sin every time. That's what grace is. That's grace. And so I meet these people on Facebook and other places and I offend people when I preach and, you know, listen to the message, go backwards in these podcasts and listen to the message pilot in the church. Listen to it. I talk about how I give myself an 80% chance of making heaven. I, I talk about that in there. Me as a burning on fire lover of Jesus, someone who's so full of joy and full of life, I give myself about an 80% chance of making heaven. I explain it in that, in, in that message. Why? Because the issue of sin is so real. The issue of falling away is so real. You know, a lot of people think that I must be miserable. This whole sin consciousness behavior modification thing is, makes me miserable. <laughs> Why do they think that? I'm staring at this bank still right here. I'm not sad that I can't rob the bank. I know I shouldn't, right? When the armored car drives up to Starbucks where I'm going to be in a minute, carries out the money, you know, I'm not sad when he walks by me. I'm, I'm modifying my, my behavior so I don't steal it. I have consciousness of that. It makes sense, right? I'm not sad. I'm full of life. I'm full of joy. But the fear of the Lord grips me. Some people say that we're not supposed to have any fear at all, including the fear of the Lord. It's nonsense. I wrote an article on that. We are supposed to have the fear of the Lord. There's a type of fear that we're not supposed to have, and I write about it in the article. Look it up. But yeah, so we need sin consciousness. We need to understand that, yes, sin is deadly, especially for Christians. And uh, we need to be serious about this. And it's just, it's just crazy how many of you out there don't think sin is a big deal, don't think you should focus on it, thinking that focusing on Jesus and love alone is enough, um, which, is, which is contrary to what the Bible says, actually, if you read the Bible, and um, that you're just so convinced that you're going to be in heaven one day, period. It's over. It's done. It's settled. I'll tell you right now, it ain't, it ain't settled, and uh, you need to wake up. So, Yeah. Hope I offended some of you into freedom. And leave me some comments. I would love to hear from you. All right. Talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to The Furnace with John Burton. You can access media, read articles, and partner with the ministry online at burton.tv. And by all means, share this podcast with those who are hungry for revival, reformation, and revolution. Revolution.